Happy Pi Day! That's 3.14, and I promised a special surprise for those of you who follow me on Facebook, Podbean, and iTunes, and the special surprise is Mr. Warren Hayes. Uh, he is a contributor to Fightful and Fightful Select. He is a recurring panelist on the all-women's wrestling podcast called The Division with uh, Kirsten Ashley, and they had their most recent one before Fastlane. So, Warren, it is Thursday. You're up in Canada. What's it like? What what's it like being in Canada? It's uh, it's it's it, it's like being in a uh, a perpetual snow fort that you can't get out, and you wonder why the damn kids keep building the damn fort uh, because the snow keeps piling up. But otherwise, it's delightful. Thank you. How are you? Uh, well, the part of the country I'm in, Iowa, was smack dab in that polar vortex area where we Ooh. hit minus 60 at some points in late January, early February. But we're getting some nice melt. We've had rain for the last couple days. We're supposed to hit 50-something uh, oh, late, late next week. So springtime might be here because when you live in the mid when you live in the Midwest, like spring just kind of shows up whenever it wants. So let's dive into uh, we are officially on the road to WrestleMania. We had some pit stops in Fastlane, but I'm going to ask you, what's more confusing, this Raw women's title situation or what they're doing with Lacey Evans? What's more confusing? <laughs> uh, you know, at, le- at least you know what to expect when Lacey Evans comes out, right? <laughs> it's like just confused glares and, you know, people wondering what the hell is going on, uh, which is, you know, it's not that we don't know what's going on with the women. Uh, it's It's... You know, it's just this this capacity that WWE has uh, to just completely, completely douse the fire of something that is really, really hot. Um, Last fall, Becky Lynch was unquestionably the hottest thing in the company. Even right up to January, right into the Royal Rumble, uh, there was, you know, she'd say it herself, you know, in her promos, uh, where, you know, where she's expected to put herself over. She'd say, you know, there's no, there's no other person in the wrestling business right now who is, uh, who, who, who's getting the most, uh, this much attention that's setting the, the entire business on fire. And she was right, like because of her organic build, because of the way that WWE had to flip the script in a certain way to adapt to her newfound popularity. Um, and over the past few weeks, it just took a matter of weeks. Since really, since uh, a little before Elimination Chamber, they took the hottest angle that they had, the hottest baby face that they had, and just just poured a lot of water on it. She's not dead in the water. She's not, you know, it's not like, oh, well, you know, no one cares for Becky anymore. That's not the thing. But because, you know, she's going to get the crowd reaction. She's a natural She's a natural babyface. She connects naturally with with people. But at this point, it's just so confusing what they're doing. Uh, they've muddied the waters with uh, with Ronda turning heel. Uh, you know, adjusting to uh, what happened a couple of weeks ago on social media when Ronda had her her meltdown there with with, with Becky. They've been trying to scrape everything up and make all these three women really, really happy in this situation. But in the meantime, they're nerfing for lack of a, you know, if if we're going to use a bit of a gamer term here, they're nerfing 
Becky Lynch's popularity by uh, by not having her have the real struggle she should be having. You know, she's been suspended. She's been arrested. She she was on she she, she was injured on crutches. And then just in the span of one week, it's all lifted away. She didn't have to fight for it. The suspension was lifted. No charges were pressed. And she didn't even have to fight to get her spot at um, at WrestleMania. She just had to wait till Ronda came and smacked her in the jaw. So, you know, you want to be behind. You want to be behind Becky at this point. You want to support. You want to be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what we want. This is what this is. This is what uh, what we're expecting, but it's just really frustrating the way they've been handling it for the past couple of weeks. It really has, but they've already established in canon that their boss, Vince McMahon, is basically Thanos. He can just walk out, snap his fingers, and whatever ha- whatever he wants to happen, happens. So I, I'm going to try to defend this, and let's just assume that we get Becky versus Ronda one-on-one, and then the night after... Royal Rumble, they announce it. Okay, awesome. We have nine weeks of programming. What the hell are we going to have these people do? I mean, what what are you going to have them do otherwise? Are you just going to have them cut promos back and forth on each other for nine weeks? Does Does anybody want to see that? No, absolutely. For that, I agree. the the um, uh, The thing is, is I don't. They they just laid it on so very very. Very thick, and there could have been a distraction on the way to, uh, on the way to the fight. Kind of like what they did with Seth Rollins here with the Shield thing, um, because Seth potentially could have been in the exact same position where for the next nine weeks he'd have to cut promos essentially by himself, right? Because Brock is an absentee champion. He'll show up once a month if you're lucky. Yeah, exactly. So, um. Seth potentially would have been in the same position where he'd have to cut promos by himself every week and carry this feud essentially, you know, by himself. Um, but oh, the okay. So, but Roman Reigns pops back out, and along the path to WrestleMania, we haven't forgotten the Brock thing, but we get this nice distraction in the reunion of the Shield and them having their final match and the Dean Ambrose thing, which you know, okay, it's done. It made everyone happy. Now we can focus back on Brock, you know? Yeah. I think it, that kind of distraction would have been much more um, – would have helped out the situation a lot more. Look, I'll tell you, my plan, my booking plan, if you were to say, Warren, here's the book and 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 give us – Give us the road. Give us Becky Lynch's path to WrestleMania. This is exactly what I do, Evan. Are you ready for this? Okay, yeah. She wins the Royal Rumble. Same situation. Let's say we leave for we we take off from the Royal Rumble. That's fine. They do the Charlotte thing. You know, Vince McMahon puffs up and says, "Okay, you're Becky. You're suspended. I'm putting Charlotte in instead." Becky keeps coming back. Now, first of all, I wouldn't have given her such a severe kayfabe leg injury because that really got annoying and I think it really hampered her interactions like her physical interactions we want her to run in and kick people's ass right yes so I I think I think the you know so keep her injured but not so bad because the whole thing about her being injured and not wanting to be checked out by medical staff that's important it's crucial to the suspension right so you keep that angle going you have uh, you have Charlotte pop back in. Becky gets suspended. Becky does 
she does essentially what she's doing, running in from the crowd, beating up Rhonda, beating up Charlotte, or maybe even mostly focusing on Charlotte because Charlotte's the one who took her place. And you lead into Fastlane where at some point, you know, Charlotte is fed up and Vince McMahon is fed up as well. And he says, okay, listen, this is what we're going to do then, Becky, since you can't take no for an answer. You're going to have a match at Fastlane against Charlotte Flair. The winner faces Ronda Rousey. It's that simple. And then at that point, since Asuka's over on Tuesday twiddling her thumbs, if she loses, Charlotte can be like, cool, deuces, I'm going to go fight Asuka now. And there we can you just, go. And we can just have Charlotte Asuka too instead of whatever the hell's going on between Sonya and Mandy. Are they breaking up? We don't know. And that's so, exactly it. You end, you, you end up with a double winner here because you put your f- top four women – of uh, that you've the, the top four women women of the last year, like from WrestleMania to WrestleMania, your top four women in in two uh, singles matches, which will be anticipated. You can build uh, easily Charlotte versus Oscar too. It it's a story that tells itself. Basically, it's a redemption story for Oscar. You know, Charlotte keep keep Charlotte as the smarmy heel because let's not forget she was a babyface last year. So even in ring, they can tell another type of story. They can they can let Charlotte be uh, a, a nasty flair, the, the dirtiest woman in the dirtiest player in the game, you know, kind of thing against yep. Charlotte against Oscar. So you have a whole other story there. Then and then you get your proper two women main event with Rousey versus Lynch. And in the meantime, Ronda, while Charlotte and, and, and Becky are having their feud into Fastlane, Charlotte just keeps and uh, sorry, Ronda keeps doing what she's doing and running through the entire raw roster. So that's fine. You know, that's all she has to do in the meantime. Maybe suffer a, a a Becky Lynch run in once in a while, but Becky's has Becky focused on Charlotte to win. That was my big gripe with the with the fast lane match that they had is that Charlotte didn't have any real stakes in the match. Becky, it was an all or nothing thing, but Charlotte was like, "Look, I don't get honestly, I don't give a shit if I win or lose. I'm still in the main event. You know, it's just like." All right, well, we're throwing Becky Lynch in. Cool. Doesn't matter. I'm still in the main event. And that's the whole crux of the story is that who gets the spot in the main event? Why didn't she just do what the Iconics did in like that Elimination Chamber match? Hey, well, if I don't get in the ring, I can't lose. Therefore, I don't go in. I'm in this <laughs> thing no matter what. There's no reason for me to fight. So, there you okay, go. whatever. At her. I don't care. <laughs> and in that case, we don't get the... Ronda Rousey beating Ruby Riot in 90 seconds at Elimination Chamber. Ugh, where she is the shoe in Roger Rabbit. You exist to die. Like, that's <laughs> that's how that happened. And it's like, okay. But the gulf between the three of them and everybody else at this point is almost the Grand Canyon. And you're getting billion-dollar TV deals in, what, six months? What, yeah. You have to build an actual division. You've got the three of them over on Raw doing what, in terms of runtime, is by far the most... I, I'm trying to find a phrase for this. The most discussed in terms of on TV. Meanwhile, Asuka went AWOL for six weeks. And but, nobody knows what happened. And then she popped up. Oh, she's fighting Mandy now? Okay, cool. And keep in mind, you know, you know, they're all fighting. All these three women are fighting for the raw title, the raw women's title. And two of the women who are fighting for the raw title aren't even on the raw brand. 
So why doesn't one of them just jump over there and say, well, if these two can do it, then I'm going to come over here and fight you. There you go. Well, make it a fatal four-way, you know what I mean? <laughs> At I mean, that point. I, I mean, I guess. <laughs> so we'll transition from that to the second biggest storyline. It's, will Kofi Kingston be WWE champion? And the answer to that is probably because... No, no, I think I think it's yes. I really think it's yes. I really think it's yes, but... I mean, this will tie into the trope for when we talk about wrestling tropes that need to die, is they set it up to, well, if you just do X, then you get it. It's like, well, if you tell if you tell me that they just need to do the thing, about 100% of the time, they're going to do the thing. Like, it kind of it kind of kills the suspense a little bit. It's like, okay, what happens if Kofi Kingston wants out there next week and loses to Rowan in three minutes? It's like, well, shit, okay, well, I guess we got to find something else for you to do, but that's not going to happen. Well, I mean, so. you know, it's WWE, and you know, when we're saying, oh, well, you know, logically, they can't do this, and then look at what they're doing with uh, Becky Charlotte and Ronda right now. And and I'm, I'm kind of fearful that they're setting the same thing up for for Kofi because Kofi's gauntlet match moment was weeks ago for before elim- elimination chamber because no one expected Kofi Kingston to go so long he went the entirety almost of the of, of the gauntlet match and everyone was freaking out and that's why there is a Kofi mania because we weren't expecting it because it took us by surprise and we were thrilled about it. And then they developed the whole story behind him being, being there for 11 years, never having had his shot at the title. And then we're like, yeah, it's easy to get behind. We understand it. Now they're doing the gauntlet match again next week. Randy Orton, Samoa Joe, Rowan, the bar. It's overkill. And it's not going to create the same sense of drama as it did uh, uh, as it did the first time around because we're kind of expecting it. It's been telegraphed. We're expecting him to win. And you know, well, I, you know, I know we're supposed to talk about <laughs> tropes that need to disappear. You know, the at this stage, the plucky underdog who has to overcome all the odds is pretty much done in WWE. They're running the same angle with two different wrestlers right now, but simultaneously they're doing it with Becky. They're doing it with Kofi. And now the Kofi build, which by the way, I adore the Kofi Kingston angle. I love the way it's been handled from top to bottom right up until now. I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt for the gauntlet match next week, but uh, you know, right now it feels it just feels extremely heavy-handed. We did not need this. You know, we didn't need Kofi to go through a, another situation where oh, it's him against the odds because now we're behind the man. We're behind the 11-year story. We're behind uh his cheerleaders, Xavier Woods and Big E who've been petitioning for him like we're behind them we don't need anything more than that we just any any obstacles that pop up between now and wrestlemania are just superfluous and unnecessary and heavy-handed you don't need to keep moving the goalposts we already like him okay let's just let's just move on and let's just assume that he wins and he's in 
then we can have three months of Daniel Bryan personally saying, you're a B-plus player, are they really going to give the guy that does pancakes and yeah. has booty, are we going to put the belt on that guy? And then he can just get so heavy-handed if you don't take this seriously enough, you're, you're too goofy, you're too funny. And then we and, can get intense, serious, and we can get intense, serious Kofi Kingston. And I'll tell you, the, the most interesting angle they could be telling right now with the Kofi Kingston-Daniel Bryan storyline is, uh, is, is to play off the irony of Daniel Bryan being the champion, going to the McMahons for, you know, talking about Kofi Kingston and setting stuff up, whereas, and with Kofi Kingston being the underdog that the company doesn't want in that position. It's a it's a role reversal. It's such an it's such a beautiful irony. This is the story they should be telling. The 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 um Daniel Bryan being now a chosen one as opposed to uh as opposed to Kofi Kingston who is the the guy the company doesn't want as champ. And that's the beauty. This is what they should be telling, not a story of overcome all the odds. It's it could be so much simpler and gratifying than that. And it's also an, an indication that they read the room. We got after Kofi Kingston. You know how easy it could have been for, well, Mustafa got injured. You lost the elimination chamber. Okay, cool. Thanks for stopping by the booth. But no, they they ran with it. And it shows yeah. that if you just give them the ball and just let them run with it, it can be successful. It's like they have an army of Gordon Ramsays, but they just force them to work at McDonald's. <laughs> like, I know that you can produce $70 filet mignon, but I just want a Big Mac and fries. So you just give me a Big Mac and fries. And when they let these guys cook, and when they let them do these things, we get behind them. And it shows exactly. that, yes, yes, finally, we can read... You're listening. You we, you can read the room and understand that we want people to succeed. But then, of course, the uh, the flip side on Twitter, because there's always a flip side, is, well, they've had him for 11 years. If they were going to do something with him, they'd have done it by now. And I'm like, okay, fair enough, but he's still there. They're doing something with him now. It doesn't matter that he's been there for 11 years. We That's want, it. We want him right now. Exactly. Exactly. And that's the thing that's working. And and but you're right on that point. You know, uh, you know, in they're, they're reading the room. They've, they're paying attention. They've done it twice in very high profile situations. You know, they've the, you know, they've done it with Becky. They did it with Kofi. They they tried to block out Rusev Day. You know, they 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 pretended Rusev Day wasn't working. But at least here, you know, they. They, they at, at least in this situation, they read the room and decided to run with it. That that I'll I'll give them that. And speaking of reading the room, I asked them the very first question: What was confusing between Raw Women's Title and Lacey Evans? I have a theory on why we haven't seen Lacey Evans do literally anything. And feel free to call me a moron and tell me I'm wrong if I'm wrong. <laughs> but if you let's just assume that your average WWE viewer who doesn't know anything about NXT. So you have no idea who these people are. They just magically appear if you're not familiar with them. Yeah. If you are even, like, if you watch Lacey Evans for 30 seconds about how she talks about cleansing the division and I need to get rid of the nasties, and the second she says that to somebody like Naomi, oh boy, good luck cleaning up that PR shitstorm. 
Yep. Uh, that's not so. I think part of it is they read the room is like Vince. We can't have Lacey Evans out here acting like Lacey Evans. Everybody's going to get pissed. Thoughts? Uh, no. <laughs> no. I, no. I, well, I mean, it's a good theory, but I, I don't think so. I think yeah, what she what she does on Twitter is something you know. It's it's character building, but most people, especially in the case of of Lacey Evans, don't pay attention of what's what's going on on Twitter. Unless you're a high-profile star, like everyone, everyone knows what's going on with Becky because Becky's Twitter game is a fire. But as far as as far as Lacey Evans goes, you know her low-key racism and stuff. Um, I think it's mostly us hardcores that are seeing it go. And to be completely transparent with you, I really do believe that they're doing this shit with Lacey Evans because they don't know what to do with her. They they started trotting her out, doing the little fashion show catwalk thing in her vintage clothes for weeks. Then all of a sudden, one week they call her the sassy Southern Belle. And the week after, she has sassy Southern Belle uh, plastered all over her Titantron. They're just throwing things at the wall at this point. I'm they wait- really are. They're just they're just saying, let's put her out there and see what happens, and at some point we'll get a good idea. That's really what it is. I'm waiting for the kayfabe news article for saying, yeah, new 2K19 DLC. Uh, Lacey Evans just walks to the ring and goes back. He can't actually play with her. So <laughs> uh, I, that, like that, that article writes itself. So we are, this is March 14th. We just had NXT and NXT UK yesterday, and we got the, well, we've known for a while, but the horrible news that Tomasa Ciampa, neck injury, has Ugh. to give up the title, and it's 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 just crushing for, for that guy. It, it's just crushing. Oh, I mean, it is it is undoubtedly going to be one of the worst news stories of 2019, and he was on the cusp of the call-up. Look at what they're doing with Alistair and and Ricochet right now on main. You know, pretty sure that Gargano and Ciampa, they had good designs for Gargano and Ciampa as well. And now, Matt, he has to go through, and it is invasive surgery. Like, it is something. Is there any other kind of surgery? (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, when you get your tonsils out, it's surgery, right? But, I mean, you know. um, You you know, and he's going to be out for a long, long time. And not only because of what, and it's a, it's tragic. Not only because of the, the you know the fact that he was about to be called up or he had called up, depending on your point of view. Um, we're not we're 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 dodging the final payoff to the Gargano Champa feud because you you saw last night on NXT exactly what our main event for Takeover New York was going to be. It was right there. It was Champa and Gargano. Four, I think we're at, and for the NXT title, and Johnny would have won. It, it, you know, it's his redemption story finally coming to an end, shaking off Champa, finding his direction, returning to the babyface dude that we love so much, and then, and then like uh, Champa moving up to uh, to to Maine or something. But it is such, yeah, you said it. It's crushing. It's disheartening for everything that guy's been through with his knee injury first and coming back coming back and turning into one of the vilest most hated heels 
um, in, in that we've seen in years, to, turning up his his work ethic, his in ring skill. It is such a bummer. And you know you're doing a good job when Mauro Ronaldo outright calls you a son of a bitch in the middle of a match. <laughs> it's like, oh, oh, I didn't know we were going that far with it. Like he, yeah, he's so much fun to watch. It's one of those guys where it's like, I can't stand everything you do, but damn it, you're so good at what you do. I have to respect you. <laughs> and it's so disappointing that we're not gonna have a, a real conclusion to this story. But we also have the. We also had a number one contenders women's match between Io Shirai and Bianca Belair that ended in a no contest. That it appears to where they've they've announced the uh, NXT like women's match for Takeover New York, right? Yes, yes, they have. So it's just well, I guess we're gonna have all four of you now. Like Shayna's got to lose, right? Like there's nothing left for her to do unless her and Duke no. and Shafir are a, pa- are a package deal. So um, yeah, sorry, go ahead. So if you were having a draft. For who was going up after WrestleMania, she would be the borderline unanimous number one pick. So, I agree. And as long, yeah, and if if Velveteen Dream, the only other possibility is Velveteen Dream at this point. But if he's still North American champion, they're not calling him up. Calling him up. Um, but Shayna, Shayna, you know what? Shayna is needed on Maine right now. They need a strong dominant heel figure on main especially on raw ronda ronda's just transitioning into the heel role and she's not even close to how good uh, um, shayna is i think they'd like they being creative wwe i think they'd like nia Jax to be the dominant heel that everyone despises but she's a charisma vacuum so she she's she lacks she lacks naturals to make it happen, uh, and and Shayna's been a two time um, uh, women's uh, champion in NXT. She she and Kyrie in 2017 were the anchor points of the division, uh, and you can argue that they still are right now. And once um, once Shayna leaves. It is going to leave a legitimate vacuum as far as who is really your top woman right now. Ever since Asuka's gone, well, once Asuka left, you know, they had Ember for a couple of months. Then they started elevating Shayna, and then Shayna just took over. There's no one There's no one as dominating or present or, 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 uh, uh, um, or who looms as large as she does. I mean, they could there's just no one else. I mean, they could try something with, I mean, just give it to Bianca, let her run it for four or five months. Everybody already seems to like her. Well, so. everyone seems to like her, but you know, um, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to be, a, I don't want to be awful. I don't want to make a Sam Roberts out of myself, but, <laughs> but uh, not that Sam Roberts was awful. I'm talking about, you know, what he said about Bianca Belair um, during the pre-show of the last uh, takeover, yeah. which I, I did think was a little overboard saying that she didn't belong there. Um, you know, I th- Bianca still needs she I, I don't think she's all that she, I don't think she understands fully her character or she hasn't really found that thing that clicks that would that makes her that would make her uh, uh, a, a, a 
that would make her uh, uh, the um, a pillar of the division. You know, someone that that you could build it around. I don't think she she's quite there. She's athletic. She's uh, she's super strong. She's talented. She's gifted. She has it. But there's still something. There's just a an intangible right now that that um that, that I just can't put my finger on. I don't think Io Shirai is ready for it either. Io is fantastic. She's she she's accomplished, but she I, her as well. She's just missing a little something. And are you going to give it back to Kyrie? Kyrie is Kyrie's ready for Maine as well. You know, it's it, it's a very odd situation they've been in. Uh, they they they're in with the women right now, and uh, it it feels like it's been like this for the past couple of years, where they build a couple of women wrestlers, but then they they leave a whole slew of them behind, and they don't give them matches, they don't give them re reasons for them to be compelling. Let's not forget, they have Diana Perazzo on that on that roster. They have Candice LeRae for fuck's sake. <laughs> You know, and Candice is amazing. They have uh, they they have such great talent that they're underusing to slash not even using at all. Mia Yim, you could make an argument that Mia Yim is maybe on, the only other woman who's had like something uh, akin to a push. You know, where they're like, oh yeah, we're giving her we're giving her legitimate credibility. But I mean, it's. Why aren't they building more women at a time? Why do they have to wait till there has till there's a like a power vacuum before elevating the women? I, that's it's something I don't understand, and it's weird. And I'm, my rant's almost done here. It's weird because because um, because NXT is is the birthplace of the women's revolution. It's where women's wrestling in WWE became relevant, must see matches. The, the Baileys, the Sasha Banks, the Charlottes, uh, Asuka. Um, th these are the women that made the division, that made the women's division, that elevated women's wrestling. And it's still very, it's still, it's still very flimsy right now, I find, in NXT as far as the women go. Well, but we were saying the same thing a couple years ago about Asuka. It's like, well, Asuka was a buzzsaw through everybody. What are we going to do? And then Shayna Baszler popped up, and then... But I guess I guess it's just a it's just a cycle that we're just gonna have to repeat uh, at forever. So we're gonna move on to tropes that need to die. Like most things, if you watch, if you consume enough media, you'll be able to pick out little storytelling things, like from action movies to cop shows to whatever you watch. And wrestling is not immune to them. And we've already touched on a couple of tropes that are just annoying, that, well, we need you to do the thing, then they almost always seem to do the thing. Uh, what, would, what would be on your short list of tropes that, if you never saw again, you would die a happy man? Oh, um, there's, there's a few. Uh, I, I, you know, I touched on one earlier, and I think the, um, the, uh, the uh, baby face uh, overcoming the odds thing, I think, I, 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 honestly, I think it's done. I think uh, it could disappear for a long time long time at this point because we're we're getting a, a a double serving of it right now you know uh with with Kofi Kingston and um and Becky Lynch and right now it it kind of despite the fact that it, it it when properly done it's a compelling story right now it just feels lazy 
because you're telling the story of in it both cases again well i'm not i'm not the wrestler the company wants in this uh in this position right so i i mean like i said when done properly it's a lot of fun but um yeah you know it's uh it's something that uh it's something that has to go uh i'm really and i mean this is a trope that's been happening for years and years and years but you know there's a starting the match with an interview seg- uh, not a match but a a, a a show either a raw or a smackdown with an interview segment that can happen not as frequently because there's a track record to be to be shown that any raw or smackdown that begins with a match usually carries the show into a the entire show into something really really good um and i find it's counterproductive and sometimes I find it to be even uh, insulting uh, to the um, to the audience, you know, to have someone come in and spell everything out in really big, bold letters. You know, it's like, well, this is uh, this is what happened last week, because let's not forget most of these opening uh, opening salvos. They're mostly promo the, the video packages like let's take a look. Then everyone turns to the Titan Tron. Then you have like 90 seconds of recap video only to come back and then you know talk some more um you know one thing that that new japan pro wrestling does really really well is that it lets the in-ring work tell the stories there's you know the there's no interview time there's no backstage segments and yet somehow maybe it's i you know and i don't think we're, we're necessarily smarter people those of us who watch new japan despite the fact that we don't have opening segments and people masticating the the, the storylines for us, we understand what's going on. We see what's happening because if you let the wrestlers tell the stories, the wrestlers will tell wonderful stories that will be compelled to watch. Right, so mine are, this is more, this one is more of a nitpicky thing, especially recently. Can you please stop shitting over the indies? Like the idea that... <laughs> The idea that every time you talk about the indies, you say, oh, those bingo hall wannabes couldn't lace our boots. Meanwhile, you're telling us that when you say that this is an independent guy from NXT, you make us think that, oh, he's just another one of those bingo hall wannabes they keep telling us about. So that's just more of like a small nitpicky thing. But, but and if you're talking, just if, I, if you don't mind me jumping in, and if you're talking about what, um, what they did with um, Randy and AJ Styles... This week, no, just yeah, more of like a, an in general thing. Oh, and in general, but I mean, yeah. that's what—that's basically what their feud is going to be about, you know. It's, you know, it's like, you know, I'm the I'm the the stalwart WWE guy, and you've essentially taken it took you like 15 years to get here, kind of thing. Um, but what was interesting, what I found interesting about that angle, because at first I was like, oh, are they really going to do this? But what I thought what was really interesting is that Randy Orton, you know, sort of acting heelish. And came out at the end, you know, to be part of the gauntlet, be a part of the heel gauntlet against Kofi Kingston, you know. So I think technically he's still supposed to be a heel. He's the heel, but he's the WWE company man. The babyface is the indie guy, you know. A couple of years ago, a few years ago, that would have never happened. You know, yeah. in, the inv- in the invasion angle back then when the WCW was bought out. 
they they couldn't when I say they I mean WWE they couldn't even leave the WCW guys get a win over the WWE guys because WWE is the supreme brand but here your babyface is the indie guy proud of it too whereas Randy Orton the WWE guy the guy who's been there since his 20s he's the heel and that kind of blows my mind and especially when you try to explain to somebody in, like, 2012 that AJ Styles was going to be WWE champion for almost a year. Yeah. You're like, what? Like, I, I made this point in like, on, like, a previous local podcast I had of, like, we don't have any concept of, like, the past or the future. Like, imagine trying to explain Ariana Grande to somebody five years ago. <laughs> yeah, you know that dumb redhead on that Victoria Justice Nickelodeon show? Yeah, she's going to be the biggest pop star in the world in five years. Like, What? No, no, like just trying to explain that to somebody is really, really difficult. You would think it's an Onion article that, oh yeah, AJ Styles, WWE champion. Like what? Like that's that's never gonna happen. Like you, you talk, to, if you talk to somebody in 2012, they'd laugh at you and just assume that oh somebody must have messed up on Universe Mode again. So <laughs> I, I, I guess another trope that I wish would go away is the whole. They're finding each other on Sunday, but tonight they're partners. Can they get along? Like, yeah. Yes. That's how workplaces work. You work <laughs> every day with coworkers you don't like. Like th that's how workplaces function. Yeah. Will they be able to find common ground and overcome it? It doesn't matter. Ultimately, and that's the thing is that ultimately it doesn't matter. It's like probably not because you probably have a story to tell with these two guys. So, you know. Yep, so I guess uh, we can wrap this up with unpopular opinion, which is if you have an unpopular opinion, just go ahead and share it now. And mine is, even though we spent a good quarter of it talking about how the women's Raw thing makes no fucking sense, I think we're overreacting in the moment, but six months from now it's not going to matter. Like, think about one of the most iconic moments ever in pro wrestling. It's Mick Foley winning his first championship. That was 20 years ago this January. People just remember that Mick Foley won. Nobody mm -hmm. says, well, actually, it's because Stone Cold Steve Austin came out, hit the rock with a chair, and blah, 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 blah. So, six months from now, nine months from now, are we going to be talking about the women's WrestleMania match? Like, match was great, but boy, that build was a clunky, confusing mess. No, that's... You're you're, that, that's that's your, your, you're absolutely right. Like, because... And I forgot to mention this earlier when we were talking about it. Um, uh, the um, the match is going to be great. Yeah. Like the match is going to be great. And ultimately, that's all that matters. But wrestling is equal parts the journey and the destination, right? Yeah. It, you know, it's not like um, – it, it's not – it's rarely one or the other. The The perfect package is – is everything it is the journey the it is the destination. Is Lex Luger. <laughs> yes that's true um but um uh, but but as far as um as far as uh as, as far as the match is going to go with, uh, between the women at wrestlemania it's going to be fantastic and that is what we're going to remember and we are going to remember that it was a first main event for the raw women's title and so on and so forth i mean that's still up for debate honestly you know, and we're not going to know until the second to last match, which match is going to go on last. But, uh, but I mean, it's still going to be a big deal regardless. 
Yeah, and I know it's unpopular in the sense that on the end it's like, no, everything sucks and everything is the worst thing ever, and how dare you think it's not going to matter in six months? It's like, well, that's just how history works. Like, five years ago, Daniel Bryan, that belt, he wasn't beating anybody. But the only thing people remember is, oh, he held the belts at the end of the night. He had to beat Triple H in the first match of the night. That was five years ago. Does anybody talk about Daniel Bryan's road to WrestleMania 30? Not really. They just talk about that he won. So... Well, I I kind of disagree because because the, that you, there's so many there were so many bad booking decisions that were made regarding Daniel Bryan on the way there, you know, and it wasn't like oh we're trying to build him as a babyface. No, 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 you know the whole Batista thing, uh, you know, there, uh, Ray, uh, no wait I'm confused I'm confusing uh, situations. Let's say we're talking about Rey Mysterio coming in and uh, number thirty in the Royal Rumble. You know, it's like there there were there was a tone deafness to it. That is part of the Daniel Bryan story. It's it's crucial to the Daniel Bryan story, actually. The tone deafness that WWE had in regards to his rise in popularity. Um, yeah, you know, uh, I I really really think that uh, I really think that it's part of it. But I do understand your point. I don't think that in a few years we're actually going to be thinking back necessarily to the angle as far as the women go, and we're just going to be talking about how great the match was. All right. Quick before we gotta go, uh, your unpopular opinion and how people can find you on social media. Um, I get well. People can find me uh, on uh, on my uh, on fightful.com and fightfulselect.com. I do a lot of stuff over on fightfulselect.com. I do NXT 205 live and NXT UK recap shows there. I do uh, I do uh, um, retro reviews, pay per view retro reviews along with uh, Sean Ross Sapp, managing editor. I do a uh, and I also have my own YouTube channel which. He- you can find it at youtube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes, which is also available on most podcasting platforms as well. Yep. And available without a prescription. So your mm. your your unpopular opinion, quick, before we got to let you go. Oh, man. I, I See, I have no personality, so I only have popular <laughs> opinions. I agree with with what everyone uh, with what everyone uh, wants. Um, oh, man, what's an unpopular opinion that I um, oh. Becky Lynch is overrated. No, just kidding. Um. No, not at all. You, you know what? Uh, I think, I think it's okay. Honestly, I think it's okay that Brock Lesnar as Universal Champion isn't on TV all that much. I really do. I think it. <laughs> I think it's. I think it's okay because because it does. It adds to his heat. It adds to the prestige of the title, regardless, because people want to see it on TV. That's always what we hear. We want to see the the universal title defended on television, so it's good for the belt, it's good for Brock, uh, it's good for whoever ends up beating Brock. It will be a big deal. It's uh, it's the Hulk Hogan method from back in the '80s when Hogan would never wrestle on Saturdays. He'd only show show up at the uh, pay per views and at uh, the live events. That's where you'd have to pay to see Hulk Hogan. Um, same same idea, different generation. Right, well, and I think that's a good place for us to wrap. So you can find the show that I do. You can find it on iTunes and Podbean. That's Evanation, all one word, dot podbean.com if you want to go on the Podbean for the website. Otherwise, you can just go to iTunes.com, type in my name, and it will be the first thing that pops up. So, Warren, thank you for taking the time to do this, and I, I got to have you back again. This was a lot of fun. I'm, I, it was a lot of fun, and thank you very much for having me, Evan. I, I, much appreciated, and it was a pleasure. 